Unschooling means you just let your kids do whatever they want while you're busy building your business, right? Yet no, not quite. Today's guest, Dr. Cheryl Schmidt, shares how she uses a holistic approach to education and helps us really break through that stereotype of what unschooling means and how it's not educational neglect. So if you've ever considered unschooling, or maybe you thought your friend who's a quote-unquote unschooler is simply doing nothing during the day, this is the episode for you. So let's get started. Welcome to the Homeschool CEO Podcast, the podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs who want to successfully homeschool their kids while running a profitable business. In this podcast, we'll reveal the truth of what it really looks like behind the scenes of an entrepreneur who homeschools and how to make it all work. If you're an entrepreneur who currently homeschools or you want to start, you are in the right place, my friend. With 16 years experience combining entrepreneurship with homeschooling, I'm your host, Jen Myers, and this is the Homeschool CEO Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Homeschool CEO Podcast. Today, we have Dr. Cheryl on the show today. I'm so excited for you guys to meet her. We're talking about holistic health, holistic homeschooling, and we're going to talk about how, you know, if we are bucking the system in our healthcare, how does that transition over into school? So I am so excited to introduce you. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your business, your homeschooling, just all the details about you. Cool. Thanks for having me, Jen. Um, I know you reached out for people who were homeschoolers and unschoolers and were working. And I'm like, yeah, I do all that stuff. Maybe I should come on here and share my story. I am a chiropractor, 20 years in practice. I have four kids. My oldest is 16. My youngest is four. And I got two in the middle. So I'm everywhere from like the toddler, crazy preschoolish to like driving <laughs> and high schoolish age. Wow. What else? I'm a triathlete. So I love to like, I'm into sports and I'm all active. I sports was my life growing up when I was younger. I was like the jock. I was like the Tom, tomboy girl, all that kind of stuff. And what else? Hmm. Love to travel. I love to take my kids traveling. I love to travel myself. I'm really bummed out right now with all what's going on in the world because I can't, my wings have been clipped and it's driving me crazy. So so that's a little bit about me. We, uh, as far as how we homeschool, how we approach education in our house, for lack of better term, I guess we are unschoolers. And part of my mission is to kind of like talk about that term and what that means for us, because I think unschooling kind of gets pigeonholed into something that you know these people are neglecting their kids and they're not doing anything at all. And the kids like, how are they going to learn to look at it in a whole different paradigm and a whole different light. So I want people to be free. That's my thing. I want freedom in education and I want them to have the confidence to know that their children are innate learners and they are curious and you don't need to have that systemic structure and still flourish as a family. So that's about me. So ask your questions away and I'm excited to be here. Yay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you just unpacked so many things just right there. Wow. We are leading with so many value bombs to begin with because what you said 
was that children are innate learners. And that's what I tell so many of our moms that are entrepreneurs who are first starting. We talked a little bit before we got on the podcast today about how I feel like so often as entrepreneurs, we start out wanting to recreate public school at home and wanting to follow the structure that we were maybe taught as children. So did you start out that way or have you always been freedom seeking and unstructured when it comes to homeschooling? So I started out a little bit more structured, not public school structured, but I did definitely think, hey, we need to teach them the basics. We need to teach them reading. We need to teach them math. We need to teach them some basic like science stuff, reading, writing, math. That's kind of the things that people worry about the most, um, I find, with education. And yeah, it's great to have a good foundation. So I started out there with my oldest son. I always tease my poor oldest son. He got all like (laughs) me learning the ropes. And then my other ones kind of like benefited from that. But as a chiropractor, we use the term innate all the time. And we talk about how the body has an innate ability to heal. And so I've always been in that paradigm of trusting the body, trusting nature. I had all four of my kids at home. They were all home births. When throughout my pregnancies, I didn't have an ultrasound with any of them. I had no idea if they were boys or girls. So this is the paradigm I came from. I trust nature. I trust that our bodies and our brains take care of ourselves and grow and flourish and heal. And that, so the structure, when I started doing that with my son, was really hard because he fought me. He didn't want to sit down and do it. He was five or six years old. He was a boy. He was all into hands-on stuff. He wanted to do his thing. He did not want to sit down and do lessons with me. And I had to sit back and look at why did I want to homeschool my kids? Like, why didn't I want to put them in the public education system first? Not because I wanted to replicate the system at home because I thought the system was broken at best and damaging at worst, to be quite honest with you. So I didn't want to bring that to my home. It, it was counterproductive for what I was trying to, trying to accomplish with him. So I looked at my values. What are my values and why do I want my children to be home learning? I wanted to be home so they could be happy and be loved, to be themselves, and to follow their own innate curiosity and who they were born to be. So I didn't want, I didn't want the boxed education for each of my children. Each of my children, all four of my children are completely different, and it all looks completely different with each of them. And that's what I wanted. So doing the structure didn't work. It was causing us to fight you know, to yell, to cry, to be stressed out. It was not working. It was going against every like cell in my body that it just, this was not what I wanted for, for our homeschooling life or for learning and for supporting them and who they were. So I got to the point actually with my son, I'm like, okay, listen, I'm done with this. This is too stressful. This is not helping our relationship. It's not, we're not flourishing. I either have to send you to public school to protect our relationship or we're going to try this totally like follow child lead unschooling trust innate learning and do that. And he didn't really did not want to go to school and that didn't feel right to me. 
So I had to take the leap of faith and I had to trust that it would work. And that was it. I wanted to do that all the time. I didn't trust myself that it would work, that you could do it and your children would flourish. So I think a lot of people want to do it, but they don't trust themselves. They don't have the clarity. They don't have the confidence in it because, because we're in the system, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is what we learn all the time. And we're told over and over and over again that you, your kids have to be taught to read and they have to be taught to write and they have to be taught how to spell and they have to be taught to do math, but they won't pick those things up on their own. And they, with guidance and support and like answering questions and, you know, following them. So that's a very long winded answer to that question, but yeah. But it's so good because you're right. A lot of moms and I was the same way, me included. We didn't trust ourselves and we didn't trust that our children would learn on their own. We, cause you're right. We've been fed, you know, like you were saying earlier before we got on the call, the red pill, you know, we've been told this is the way it is. You children have to be taught to do all of these things. So as we're sitting here talking, I'm pondering that statement because it's really profound And it's kind of the, it is not kind of, it is the premise that traditional schooling has been taught on that children have to be taught in order to learn, which is so not correct. Now that I'm like stepping back, you guys, so we go into these interviews and we just have conversations. So sometimes I'm just speechless because I'm processing it in the middle of our conversation. And that is such a revelation. And as a chiropractor, we teach our patients that your body is self-healing because in the medical establishment, if you don't get the medicine, if you don't get the pill, if you don't get, if you don't have something outside treating you, we don't have trust in our body to heal. So for me, it's not that big of a leap to go to that in education because that is where I'm so firmly grounded. And, but it was still hard for me and my husband, who's also a chiropractor to take that leap into trusting that they will also learn and flourish in an unschooling type of education. I call it holistic homeschooling because we look at the whole child and we support them as who they are in their whole being. So it's more like holistic healthcare, holistic education. I I would like to use a different term because I know holistic is used a lot, but I I can't come up with a better term at this point. I'm still trying to like figure (laughs) out what term I can use, but to me that just feels right and fits best. It does. It, I mean, yeah, it, it makes sense. It encompasses everything that you're trying to say. So the, your son was in kindergarten, basically kindergarten, first grade time when you decided to follow more of a holistic approach. So what did that look like back then? And then kind of what have been the challenges along the way? And now he's 16. So he's kind of been the guinea pig along the way. So what has that journey looked like for you? Yeah. So at first, it was very freeing for me to just say, okay, let's do this. And then we, we live in Washington state. So really we don't have to do, we don't have to have our kids in school until they're eight in Washington state, eight to 18. So I also kind of had that buffer a couple of years of like, okay, like, you know, even though I was still in the system, because the system told me eight years old, you had to like be in school. I was still like, I had one foot in each, each spot. So I saw one foot like in the system and one foot in like, the holistic education that we do now. And so it was a little bit scary. 
Also, my husband wasn't completely on board. So I felt a little bit of pressure, like, okay, I got, they got to do okay. Or my husband's going to say, this doesn't work. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and the husbands do do that because I have gone through a lot of, uh, they're just more skeptical and not quite as, I don't know, they, men seem to be more in the system mindset, I find, until they switch and then they're totally, totally off. You know, they, they switch mm-hmm. fast. Whereas we kind of like to our toes in it and try it out. I, I think that's what I see anyway, as far as women and men, but generalization, of course. Right. So, yeah, so we just, what it looked like for us is I just let him be, I let him play. He loved, he loved and still loves and will always love <laughs> hunting and fishing and animals. And yeah, that's just who he is. So he was doing lots of hunting and fishing and knew all kinds of things about beetles and snakes. And we had animals up the wazoo in our house. <laughs> we had geckos and bearded dragons and we had snakes. And now he has birds. And I mean, we had hamsters and all the stuff we had in our house. Yeah. And he learned how to read. He learned how to write. He's also learned tons and tons and tons of things about computers, things I don't know about computers. He goes into the computer repair shop and talks about like, I don't even know all the terms, all the RAMs and the drives, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And I don't, I'm like, whatever. I don't understand it. Just turn it on. (laughs) Right. So I saw that he had these strengths and I saw that if I just let him go in that direction he was happy he was thriving in what I wanted him to thrive in so yes there are going to be things he might not know facts that they teach in school for you to memorize and then do a test and then sometimes forget like we all did in high school all those dates and names of all the historic stuff and those kind of things but he knows he knows what he knows super, super, super well. And he has a generalization knowledge in a lot of other stuff, which to me is fine. Um, I'd rather go an inch wide and a mile deep than go a mile wide and an inch deep, specializing in certain things and really diving into them and getting a really concrete knowledge in them is more advantageous, I think, than just having like a little bit of information on a lot of stuff. So, but you have to be okay with that, right? You have to be okay with that philosophy and that paradigm and know, and know that if and when they do need to know something, they have brains and they can still learn it. They don't have to learn a certain thing when they're four or five, six, seven, or eight years old. They can still learn it when they're 12, 14, 40, you know? Yeah. There's no deadline on knowledge, right? We are always still learning. And if we're not, what are we doing with our brains and with ourselves? Like you have to be dead to not be learning things. <laughs> so yeah. So you have to know that there's no deadline. There really isn't. And there's and it takes the pressure off, right? It takes the pressure off you as a parent, it takes the pressure way off the kids. Like they don't need the pressure that they get in the school system right now. Honestly, as a healthcare practitioner, I can tell you (laughs) 
the rates of depression and anxiety that kids are under now, mm. starting in elementary school, is Preach. damaging our children so badly. Yes. That is not where I want my kids to be. Oh, that is so powerful because you are, that is, I'm on a mission to stop that. And with our homeschool CEOs, we have the power to stop that on our children. We maybe can't fix an entire broken system, but if you choose to homeschool and you bring that child back home or you're, you know, not to expose them to it, you are right. That, that pressure and those expectations to conform and meet all of these, who made them up anyway, honestly, all of the, all of these guidelines, they don't even make sense. And every kid learns at a different rate. And like you said, you know, we're learning every day as entrepreneurs. I tell my parents, literally tell me two things you've learned. There's just this last week you've learned to, I've had mom say, well, I learned to create a website. I'm like, did they teach you that in school? No. Right? You learn it. You're learning all the time, and your kids are going to learn too. So, we had talked about how unschooling isn't the same as neglecting your kids and letting them do whatever they want and not ever guiding them. So, can you talk a little bit to that stereotype of what an unschooler is versus how you homeschool your kids? Yeah. So, there is, well, there's a big paradigm shift that has to happen first. Because what I do with my kids, if you're in that structured paradigm, then when you see what we do with our kids, you could say, yeah, they're not doing and quote unquote anything with their kids, right? Because we're not force feeding them things that they have to regurgitate back to us, <laughs> to be right. frank, <laughs> kind of how that system goes, right? Right. Um, we are watching what they're doing. I ask my kids, what are you learning today? What are you doing today? Like, do you have any questions about things or what did you learn from that? So that's the kind of education we have. We bring them places with us. We have them explore things. We, you know, toss them a book now and then. Like, what do you think about this? This might be something you're interested in reading. You're into boats. And my, my eight-year-old is into machines and he draws plans and he creates, you know, boats and trucks and engines and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, we'll bring them along and have them work on the car engine with us. And we'll like find a documentary that he might be interested in or so that's the kinds of things that you're doing, but it looks like you're doing nothing because the kids are enjoying it and they're asking for it. And to them, it's just things they really want to get into and that are cool. And it might look like gaming like creating a world on Minecraft and designing. Oh my God. Minecraft is crazy. Amazing. <laughs> like It is like, I don't, I can't do it. I don't know how to like create all these, like <laughs> I, I can't even explain it. These buildings and like off switches and on switches and they learn how to mine things and make things. They learn how to like, yeah. and they use real science and like making their things like real, like it's basic stuff, but for a small, kids up to like 12 years old or so it's amazing for them to learn stuff so they game they play minecraft they play fortnite they like they do things like that they learn how to work in communities like but we're always kind of watching what they're doing and we're 
extracting what they're learning out of them. And then we offer them resources and information and answer their questions. And if we know, like my son is really into all these mechanics and cars and stuff, we'll go to a car show or we'll go to like the airplane museum and we just hang out there and let him like get into all that stuff. So that's what we do as as unschoolers. You have to watch your children and support their interests. My four-year-old loves chickens and kitty cats and horses. And so we have chickens. Unfortunately, we had. They just got eaten by coyotes. But we have to get more chickens. And so she uh, would take care of them and collect eggs. We'd count eggs. She's four. You know, we talk about colors. That's, it's living life consciously. It's living life kind of analyzing through our own brains as parents like what are they learning how can we support them what more can we like give them to further their knowledge that's what we do as unschoolers but if you come from a structured education model and you see us playing outside with our chickens and playing minecraft and i don't know reading a book on harry potter if you're into that like that's just you're not doing anything, but they're doing so much in that. You you extract what they're doing out of it. So it's a paradigm shift. You have to look at it differently. And not to say that there could be somebody out there who is saying they're unschooling their kids, who is not engaged in their child with their children, who locks their children in a closet. I mean, like there could be somebody out there. Right. But it's so rare. And it can also happen if parents are sending their kids to public school, to be frank with you. Yeah. And so you have to look at education differently. I, does that kind of answer that question? I hope it does. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It sure does. So, because it is, it is a paradigm shift and you do have to look at it differently. So, with that being said, have you ever experienced challenges from maybe extended family? Because I know I went through this with my in-laws, who was she was a public school teacher for 30 years. So when grandma was a teacher, she would say things like, Well, that's not the way we did it in school. Now she loves the way we homeschooled, and now she's so thankful that I homeschooled all four of the kids. But we've had our moments. So have you ever experienced where somebody maybe like an extended family member or a concerned neighbor or anything has challenged your teaching methods? Um, I would say probably my in-laws were the ones that were the most challenging. Um, they were, they were old school parents, uh, <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> was just it. Um, and my husband went to like a Catholic nun school, like that seriously, the one that they would like whack your knuckles with a ruler if you spoke out of a line and that kind of stuff. So very strict, very regimented um, schooling. But we had the benefit, one of my husband supporting me, no matter even if he had doubts, he would always support me and say, look, this is what we're doing. Also had the benefit of them not really loving the extreme liberalism of some of the public school system right now didn't bother me as much but they didn't like us so they didn't mind that we had our kids out of school and we're doing a different model and then just having them watch things and seeing there was a lot more articles coming out about entrepreneurs who were 
homeschooling their kids or unschooling their kids. And so we could use those kinds of things. Look at these people, look at Bill Gates, never finished college and look at what yeah. he created. Like look at Richard Branson, like never finished. I think he didn't finish high school. I don't think. And what he yes, created, you know, so we could show them these examples. And so we used examples. We used stories of what was going on. And we were already a little kooky to most people, to be honest with you, because we were chiropractors and we were already bucking the system in a lot of ways. So they just kind of said, oh, yeah, they're going to do their thing. (laughs) You know, know, so that was a benefit in a lot of ways as well, because um, and they saw but they saw the benefit in what we were doing and bucking the system and how we were helping people and people. Yeah, it was making more sense to them because we could explain it to them. So the more confidence we had, the less they bothered us. So that's the thing. It's like you have to have clarity and confidence in yourself and say, this is what we're doing and have some kind of support system with me. It was my husband. And although he wasn't totally on board, like I said before, I had to explain to him how many ways he utilized the method of unschooling to do things that he wanted to do throughout his life. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're really right. He learned how to totally rebuild an engine. He learned how to sew. He learned how to knit. He built our house. Oh, that's awesome. Basically on an unschooling style of learning by YouTube videos, by getting, buying his own textbook and going through it himself when he had to learn how to do the electrical. He did it all. He knew none of this was not formally trained in any of it passes electrical inspection first time through. And so when I showed him, like, look at you are doing exactly what we are building in our children and teaching them that even though they don't know how to do something now, you can learn it and you can do it because he didn't yeah. build our house until he was in his like thirties. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, and he had no idea. He never took a construction course and he never took an electrical engineering or anything course in his life. And he did all that. So once I pointed out to him, I'm like, look, you're living unschooling. How can you not be supportive of this? So, and we do it all the time. Like you mentioned, we're always learning as women entrepreneurs and the world is changing. How fast, mm-hmm. how fast is it changing? What I, medical school, all these medical school example, they tell medical students the day that they go into medical school, when you graduate in four to eight years and you become a doctor, 70 to 80% of what you learn in the first two years will be obsolete. Yeah. And it's just like that in real life. Like I, all this stuff we're doing now, Zoom calls, I mean, a computer, I didn't have a computer when I was in high school. I didn't, I didn't have internet. Yeah. And what have we learned since we graduated from high school? Like, yeah. It's, Yeah. I get so excited about that because I just want to free people. I want to free you from the system. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. But you're right because traditional education tells us you need to learn everything in the first, you know, 18 years of your life. And then after that, you know exactly what you want to be and what you're going to do for the rest of your life when you're 17 or 18 years old. Yeah. It's funny. It's a story that I don't share very often. I don't think I've shared it here on the podcast yet, but you know, you were talking about Richard Branson, you know, he dropped out at 16 and didn't really have formal education after that. Multiple, multiple billionaires that are currently, that have are self-made billionaires 
stop schooling around that 16 year, 16 to 17 years old, traditional schooling, you know, they left school. And that was something that our number three came to me at 16. And he had got, he had tried out traditional schooling. And uh, because to save our relationship, ironically enough, he's very strong-willed. He's very much like his mom. (laughs) And so he, but he wanted to try out public school and he wanted to do it because he wanted to play sports at the school specifically. And so it was one of those things where we let him try it. And he came home at 16 and said, this is a waste of my time. All it is is busy work. I hate it. And he's like, basketball is not worth this. And then he just joined a traveling team, but he came home. And he told me all of those things, exactly what you said. Look, look at this person. Look at this person. They didn't have this, you know, 20 year education plan. And uh, he is actually out of, and all of our kids are successful, but he is the one that is financially successful as an entrepreneur. He's 21 years old. And he, all the time he's texting me his bank account balance. He's like, look at this mom, look at this profit, look at this flip I did. And he blows my mind. But he learned that stuff on his own, like after, after he was 18, you know, we put him on a plane and we did a gap year and he traveled around the world. But uh, you're right. They don't have to learn it all in the first, you know, 18 years of their life. They have their whole life ahead of them to learn. It's impossible to learn it all in the first 18 years of life because we're always yeah. evolving. Yeah. And if you decide that you're just going to stop at 18 and not learn anything else, you're going to be, man, if I stopped at 18, what I knew at 18, oh my goodness, I would be, I'd be a big, big mess <laughs> for yeah. sure. Oh, and, me too. Yeah. It's, it's just, we don't, the pressure we put on our kids is so yeah. strong. And I, I have a heart for kids in their health because I'm a healthcare practitioner. Mm-hmm. And I asked my son, I, I didn't ask him today, but I asked him when I did another um, chat about a week ago, I said, I'm doing this talk with moms who are thinking about homeschooling and they're not too sure about it because of everything that's going on these days. There's a lot of people who are getting to homeschooling that haven't thought about it before. Right. Right. So I'm like, what do you want me to tell them as a 16 year old who's always been homeschooled? And the first thing he said to me is that homeschooling is so much better for your mental health than public school. And I was like, like, I'm like, how do you know that? Like how you've never been to public school. How do you know how your mental health would be? And he said, well, because I, he has friends from all over. He has a YouTube channel to himself and he has friends from all over really the world, but definitely all over the country. And he says, the only people that I play with and are online with who have anxiety and depression are the kids that go to public school. Oh, and I, it broke my heart to be honest with you. And wow. honestly, I had to call during the start of this COVID pandemic in May. I had to call the suicide hotline for one of his friends. Oh. And I was 64th in line, by the way, during that. So I'm, wow. worse, I'm sure now because it's just getting worse and worse and worse, but that's, that's a whole other issue. But right. that's what his first, the first thing he said to me. And then the second thing he said was like, that public school just has all this busy work. It's all this stuff that you memorize. You never use yeah. in real life. <laughs> that was the second thing he said. Like, so. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's pretty much what my son said too. He's like, it's just a bunch of busy work. It's a waste of my time. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just stuff that you're going to memorize and just forget anyway. So I even bother with it. <laughs> So we know how beneficial the holistic uh, 
education, you know, model is. But if you could go back, so you've been homeschooling quite a while now um, with your oldest being 16. If you could go back and say, you know, I wish I would have changed one thing. What would you do differently? I wish that I would have introduced someone into their life that has more artsy creativity side than I do. Not necessarily do I wish I would have done it with them because it's just not who I am. And I don't want to put any more pressure on any other moms that you have to be everything and anything to your children because you do not. Right. You do not. I travel without my kids. Gasp. Like I go places and I leave my kids for two weeks with other people who watch them and things like that. And I'm just not that artsy and creative or musical. I'm more like, I'm a more analytical type and scientific and I'm personable. I like to talk with people, but I don't, I don't like to sit there and do arts and crafts. Yep. Me either. And so I think I would have loved, I probably would have brought somebody in and I'm actually thinking about doing that with my younger ones is bringing mm-hmm. someone in and just having them do like some kind of artsy, crafty, fun, like thing like that, or musical thing with them, like once or twice a week, just because I think it would help them broaden, you know, their horizons a little bit. And some of them might be into it, but I think a couple of my kids probably would have done it more if I had offered that particular thing more. So yeah, that's about all though, really. Oh, that's awesome. But you know what? That's such a good thing to share with new homeschooling moms to realize one, we have to know ourselves because I'm the same way. I am not artsy, craftsy at all, guys. I am, you know, we, we laugh at me and say a kindergartner could draw better stick people than I can. I mean, I'm really bad, but my daughter, my stepdaughter is a highly sought after successful tattoo artist. She owns her own parlor down in Nashville, Tennessee. She does very, very well for herself. I was not artistic and I had to bring somebody in to teach her and we had to YouTube it. And she, because that was her natural strength, she developed it and learned it on her own. But I think that's so important that sometimes when we know that about ourselves and don't attach value to it, it's not we're a good person or a bad person or somebody's better than me because they're artsy and I'm not. You know, all of those things are fine. We're all created differently. But I love that you gave our moms permission to not be everything for their kids. It's totally fine. All of you homeschool CEOs, it is 100%. Okay, Dr. Cheryl gave us permission. We can hire things out if it is not us and bring other people in, right? And it can just be a friend that really loves doing that stuff, right? And they can go hang out at their house every once in a while and, you know, sew or do whatever they they do. I mean... Yeah. And if you try to be everything for your kids, there's no, there's no way you can, because we are not experts in every single thing. And that's another thing homeschoolers, especially new homeschoolers come in and say, I'm bad at math or because they were told they were bad at math in school, by the way, doesn't Mm -hmm. mean they're really bad at math or I'm bad at whatever, fill in the blank. I thought I was bad at writing because I was told I was bad at writing like language arts mm-hmm. comparatively speaking, because I'm a perfectionist right. <laughs> and I got like A's in math and I got A's in science and I got like C pluses, B minuses in language arts. So I was bad in language arts to me. So I thought I couldn't write anything or, and then I started writing as a professional and people would read my brain like, wow, you're a really good writer. I'm like, no, I'm not. 
what are you huh. doing? They told me for years that I was bad, which is another reason I really didn't want my kids in public school because we, none of us, none of us are excellent in everything. Yep. And right. public school, I really think, focuses on what you are not excellent in and just kind of like, oh yeah, you're good in that, so that's fine. But you're not yeah. good in this, so you need to do more of that. Yes. Uh-huh. You need to mm. focus on what you're excellent in and just be okay with what you're not excellent in or find someone else who can do that for you. As yeah. entrepreneurs, we know this, right? We yes, know we don't do everything. We don't, we know that we aren't all wizards at creating websites or wizards at doing our content, writing our content or taking the photos or whatever you have to do as an entrepreneur to market. Maybe you have to hire your marketing, maybe whatever, you know that you hire people who are wizards in those things for you. Same thing with school and education. Your kids are not going to be wizards in every single subject and it is okay. It's normal. It's actually preferred to be excellent at some and not a jack in all trades. Yep. So I don't know, I'm going off on all kinds of different things today. Oh, but it's so good. <laughs> it's so good because that is one of our core mission statements and principles for homeschool CEO is to teach to their strengths and not focus on their weakness because traditional schooling has it backwards. What you just said was true. They teach to the weaknesses. They say, oh, well, it's great that you're a great writer. We don't need to focus on that. Let's focus on over here. You're bad at math. You need a math tutor. and I'm like, wait a minute, if we just spent more time and just said, okay, you know what? You may, you may not be a wizard in math and that's okay because guess what? You're going to write the world's next novel that's going to change the world. And when we spend time on the strengths, the kids are excited to learn and that intensity is there and that is what, who they're created to be. Well, and then just think about you. If someone's always focusing on your weaknesses and telling you what you're bad in and what you need to improve in, how is your self-confidence? Why do we have depression and anxiety in our children in schools? Yeah. Why do we have anxiety and depression in people in general? <laughs> because yeah. we focus on those things all the time and tell them that they're not good in this and not good in that and that they have you know, faults. And what brings up your confidence? Wow, you are awesome at blank. You are amazing at blank. Like you are a rock star at blank. Like, yeah, thanks. Like that makes you feel great. Like, so. And then you want to do more of that. Exactly. (laughs) And then you have that confidence and that fire and you go on and you do things that are amazing instead of going, oh, but I'm really bad at this. So I can't do it. Like I can't do this because I'm, I'm, I'm bad at marketing. So I can never own a business. I'm bad at copywriting so I I could never I could never write like anything in my life or have yeah. someone help me with it god forbid because I have to do everything myself because I'm a woman <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> that's so good yeah yeah exactly oh you are the perfect homeschool ceo like you are so in line with how our philosophies are even though we are so counterintuitive you know i think it was james wedmore that one time said you know being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything you learned in school because they taught you to be an employee and you have to go backwards from all of that and to really scale to the next level and even just like focusing on our strengths and learning to delegate out our weaknesses. And 
remember that weaknesses don't make us weak. It's just not what our strength is. Weaknesses is just the opposite of a strength. It's not anything negative. It's just not what we excel at. And we're not, we're all put on this world with different gifts. Yeah. You know, we'd be robots if we were all the same, right? If we all had the same, which is kind of what's created in the public school system where they're trying to create, because they're trying to make everybody the same. Everyone's at the same level. Everybody has to have the same tasks and like, it's all same, 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 same. And when does same create extraordinary? When does sameness create power? When does sameness create, you know, creativity and right. It's, it doesn't. And we have to get away from that, that we are not the same. And each of us is individually amazing. Oh, so good. And I want to add one statement. Sameness creates sameness. And that does not create change. You know, was it Albert Einstein? Correct me if I'm wrong, that said, you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that created it, right? You have to have something different. And I think that is where we'll end it because that is so powerful. If you are struggling right now, wondering, you know, what if your kid's not keeping up with the next door neighbor's kids or the other mom who just started homeschooling that you think has it all together, which I assure you does not. uh, (laughs) It's perfect. Your kid is perfect not being the same as anybody else embrace their individuality and love those little medium and large size beings for who they are. Love it. All right, Dr. Cheryl, it has been a pleasure having you tell our audience where they can connect with you. Yeah. So I have just kind of stepped my toes into like spreading awareness about homeschooling and unschooling. So right now you can find me on my podcast site. It's fearlessfamilyhealth.com. Um, also, my Instagram is a great place to follow me. I actually send everybody over there. It's Dr. Just D-R, Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, and Schmidt, S-C-H-M-I-T-T. I'm on Facebook, too. You can find me on there, either at Fearless Family Health or Dr. Cheryl Schmidt. But that's how you can reach out to me. I do reach out and have people who want me to like help them with their clarity and confidence. I can sit down with you for a couple hours, help you through that and help you make this paradigm shift to freedom. So yeah, if anybody has any questions, please let me know. Love it. Thank you so much. I have a question. What was your favorite takeaway from today's episode? Was it when Dr. Cheryl said, when does sameness create extraordinary? That was a good one, wasn't it? Or maybe it's when she said, we've been led to believe that children need to be taught in order to learn. That one really made me even stop and think. Or maybe it was something else that she said or that I said that really impacted you to today. If you had one of those aha moments, I want to hear about it. Would you consider taking a screenshot of this episode and sharing your aha moments online, either on your Instagram or Facebook feed? Be sure to tag Homeschool CEO so that we can give you a shout out online as well. And as always, if you know someone who could benefit from Cheryl's story, where she talks about going from that forced education and trying to fight through the tears to finding a freedom in learning, would you consider sharing this episode with that person? 
Together, we can change the way that entrepreneurs educate their kids and raise up a generation that is going to change the world. Thank you again for listening today. I appreciate your support and I will see you next week. Hey friend, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I really appreciate it. And for more information on connecting with other homeschool CEOs just like you, be sure to check out our website at www.homeschoolceo.com. And as always, Team Homeschool CEO, you ladies inspire me. Thank you for always showing others what is possible. You guys are awesome. See you next week.